Greetings and love, everyone. This is Sanctuary. My name is Thomas, and we're here on April the 18th, 2022 at 7.51 p.m. on the Pacific Standard Time. This is episode 22, and I'm here with my partner, Marsha. How are you, Marsha? I'm doing well. You always catch me off guard when you call yourself Thomas. <laughs> to figure out who I'm here with. De- depending on my mood, right? And, uh, you know, together... <laughs> Together we make up Nashri Libertas, and uh, we decided 22 episodes ago to try to come together every Monday to create a space that can allow us to engender our maturity. Because gosh darn it, when you try to bring your maturity out in the world right now, you can be met with some pretty interesting reactions in people. So we wanted to make sure there was at least some time every week to come together to speak to what we uh, refer to as weave and weave is something that uh, we hold to very high regard, but it is also one of the most, uh, one of the most tricky things to speak to because everybody has their own interpretation of it and even their own language around it. But uh, I usually like to hand it over to Marsha and she can just give us a nutshell definition of what weave is. Weave is a term that Spirit offered to me in 2012 to help me understand something that was happening within my interior realms, which was that I was beginning to observe that something that I was thinking uh, or feeling would immediately reflect or mirror back to me in my external realms. And it was happening so much uh, in such a pattern that Spirit gave me the term weave to help me mentally understand um, and really make sense uh, on a physical level of what was happening on the spiritual and soulful level. And it's a term that I've used ever since because Once I began being taught from spirit about weave, I began to realize that you could live within weave. And when you did that, life is infinitely more magical and just just surprising in, in ways that almost make you feel like you're a child again, because it's, it's bringing surprises to you in such maybe small, ordinary packages, but in such miraculous ways that you can't help but be amused. Um, Spirit has an ever and never ending sense of humor and, and brings such joy with it. And so um, weave is this term that, and I say spirit here, when I refer to spirit as the Holy Spirit or great spirit or God or source that is um, both running through the form, but also outside the form and able to see the higher or, you know, eagle's eye perspective on life that maybe we in our personality or, you know, linear minded selves um, are just too close to, to something to see. So weave helps us actually um, do just that weave our human selves with our divinity so that we are leading a life completely connected to uh, source and ultimately then living as an embodied soul in our physical form. And sanctuary is a place where we get together to kind of, as Tom always talks about, you know, bring our grievances, bring our questions, bring our need for prayer or uh, request for blessings, um, or simply to just, you know, hash out what's going on in, in our lives or in the collective weave. Um, And every week I go into spirit and I kind of gather what comes through and um, bring forth each week those themes or those energies so that we can feel best supported um, on every level that that we are experiencing here. Well stated. And the whole um, variety that we see within our episodes is that the, the themes are related to the collective um, 
the collective manifestation. You know, there's a collective weave. You've got your own individual weave. When you participate in groups, then you obviously have a weave with them. And so the nature possibly, and this is just me stating something that you can make up your own mind on, but the nature of spirituality is getting in touch with your own authentic weave that you're not attaching yourself to someone else's idea of something or someone's opinion of something, someone's relationship, their title, all of those things simply uh, obfuscate your ability to be truly authentically spiritual. So uh, that's sometimes gets really convoluted when you speak to spiritualism is like, what are we trying to even do? Well, this is it right here, guys. It's not really the most uh, poetic words around this is like a basket we're weaving it together we're seeing the great weave of the basket of the world coming at us um it really helps to um you know read about how religion before it got real dogmatic actually gave tremendous tremendous credence to what we're dealing with you know, in these, in these sanctuaries. And, uh, if you don't like the term Holy spirit, if you don't like the word source, make up your own term. And, uh, I guess Marsha, that might lead me to a little question that may have not ever been asked, uh, before that maybe is a good lead off question to just get everybody, um, thinking in their own terms on this. Do you feel like weave is coming from, what they refer to as like your guardian angel or is it coming from god as the universal plural everything thing or is it something even different than that that i can't even fathom ever since 20 well 2009 um, when i had that conscious death experience everything that has come through me i have asked please let this be for the universal. So not for a personal, uh, of course, it always helps me personally and individually, but I have asked, like, let even my own personal experiences be the mirror of what is happening in the collective, of course, with grace. So that term to me is coming from the universal consciousness or what we would call like the, the, the sourced consciousness. Um, of course, if it doesn't resonate with someone, uh, you know, go within and, and see what comes through for you. Because um, definitely you should never take anyone else's word for anything. Right. Yeah, we don't really get into that at the beginning of our podcast, but we have a very strong caveat emptor policy where you have to look into all of this yourself and make sure that there's no taking for granted of anything. And that goes with all spiritual groups, you know, whatever little uh, book that you're reading, you know, see how it feels. It takes everything at with a grain of salt and see how it feels within you. Um, but without further ado, um, we asked everybody tonight um, before we got started, if there was anything that they wanted to bring up and we really didn't get anything specific. We thought maybe there would be some things uh, as we go because Marsha is going to uh, rock our world with some um, themes that are obviously very directed to the weave right now, but they get into some of these subjects that are um, rocking our world right now. So um, I guess I'll just stop there and let it cliffhanger out. But you know, we get into these, we get into these little like darker themes or just having to do with negative uh situations that are happening in the world and we're drawing our own conclusions as to to where that's coming from obviously but with these themes it offers you an opportunity to take something and then go within yourself 
to see how you feel about that, but also to ask what you can do to resolve some of this, because it might just be your intention to want to help. You know, like Marsha just said that when she goes into source, she's doing so on a, on a asking to help for the collective, for collective healing, what they call tikkun, where we're just simply all trying to heal our uh, karmic ignorance, you know, one by one by one, just trying to light up candles one by one by one. So um, with that, I'll, I'll let you I'll let you get into it, Marsha. Unless anybody has anything now, please chat it into the chat box and we can address it. But otherwise, Marsha, we're free and clear. One of the things that was coming through as you were speaking about weave is that another word that you might hear used for the weave is the dream time or what the aboriginals or indigenous, um, you know, refer to as the time beyond time. And they know that that realm is actually primary reality and that this physical reality is secondary reality. But most of us in the Western world are not living through that um, belief system. And so we're also not attuned or connected into that belief system. And so weave is, is a term that maybe we can get our minds around where we can actually see, oh, okay, I'm using my intention, I'm using my will connected to the divine will to restitch not only my own consciousness, my own soul's tapestry, but to make a beautiful design in the larger tapestry as well. And to be able to see that and participate in that from both the individual perspective, but also from the multidimensional or oversoul or collective perspective. That's a really, really pertinent point. And, you know, the, the word Maya uh, actually came through as you were talking and that uh, it was prophesied many different times and in many different places that the, the abstract nature of our world, the, the hard visceral aspect of our world were going to collide and that the Maya, the illusory nature of our world would become very, very strong. And so what we're actually seeing now with, you know, the world actually being turned on its head, people collectively going, you know, into a psychotic trance that the Maya has become very, very uh, potent in that people going into the illusion that what we see, feel, touch and hear is primary reality that's Maya doing a great job because it became so strong. So if we can all just respect the fact that this is just a culmination and kind of like a crescendo, uh, it becomes a lot easier to deal with because Maya doesn't actually do anything to anybody. It's all illusion. Uh, the only aspect of it is, is that it has both wonderful, blissful parts to it, but it has the polar opposite because that's how this realm works. Uh, I guess that's kind of where uh, sanctuary hopefully can give us a little bit of a, a tuning fork to allow Maya to just back off, give us just like six inches of breathing room for a few hours on Monday night so that, you know, we can six go in feet. six feet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we're not, we're not that good, Marsha. I mean, we're good, but we're not, if we can get six inches, 10 inches, let these folks go out into the week with that space you know, because it is really easy to get caught up into it. I mean, we're going to talk about some themes tonight that uh, has got people talking, you know, so that is just more evidence that Maya is, you know, very, very, very potent and uh, kind of has people's number. You know what I mean? Like there were just people born right now 
that Maya had their number, you know, and that's where we're back to Coon again, where it's like, you might feel a little weird, like you're in a war and all your buddies got shot, but somehow you, your life was spared. How did Maya spare you? You know, you had to have been spared. Otherwise you wouldn't have gotten called to come here and be on sanctuary. So you kind of have that like surviving soldier problem too. That's something we can maybe talk about a little bit tonight. Yeah. Um, gosh, someone recently spoke to this and I wish I could remember the term they used because I really liked it, but it was almost like they were asking the question, like, why do some of us have bullshit override and some of us don't? And that wasn't the term they used, but that was basically what they were speaking to um, is that some of this really infiltrates uh, people's systems. And for others, it, it hits a barrier and, and deflects off. Well, uh, before we got started tonight, we really tried to get into this conversation of uh, felt sensation around choices instead of mentalizing things. And I think that's really where the word intuition comes in. And I think there are certain people that uh, were born, just like some people are born with an athleticism, there are certain people that are born with an intuition. And sometimes it's actually latent until things feel really fucking bad. And all of a sudden, whatever gift that was sitting like a little egg that needed to hatch gets to hatch because something happened to feel so bad. And, you know, the last two years, you know, we've had to watch people do very bad things, whether we engaged in those things or not, you know, I'll forgive you if you did, but we had to watch this in that you know, just simply, I'm getting mind wiped just talking about it. Like the last two years obviously forced us to observe and also play a role in this drama that is nothing more than Maya, obviously, but it's putting people into a trajectory that if you allow it to keep going in that trajectory, we're all going to be eating little cardboard rations of Bill Gates worm meal like not even with buns. They're just going to be like little square crouton looking things. And people will be like, we'll be happy on their own nothing. And that's kind of where we can, you know, come together every week again and get a little taste of like that, like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, that's the p- more pure, possibly a more authentic interpretation of the energies of things instead of the actual thing itself. Cause the thing itself is Maya. The energy of the thing is what you need to hopefully be in, in tuning, intuiting as you go, as you go, because the intuition happens usually before the actual physical manifestation. And so that's where we're all kind of like, we're kind of like kids riding a bicycle or a device that it needs training wheels for a little while. You know, you can get yourself hurt on that stuff. You can be a little bit presumptuous with your spiritual gifts. You can be, you know, out there leading a flock right now, very easily. That's not what spirit's asking. (laughs) You know, when you're really getting in touch with your authentic self, uh, minding your P's and Q's is generally what, what it's going to be asking. So, um, Marsha, take it away here. I don't even know where we're at. We got we got arconic energies in my brain right now. Well, I will uh, segue to the theme then tonight, which is the poisoned apple. And when this first started going down in March of 2020, um, 
the very first week, Spirit was giving a lot of advice about DNA upgrade and uh, physical body upgrade, spiritual upgrade. And then right around March 23rd, 24th, Spirit said to me, give you the virus, sell you the cure. And it was the first time that I had my kind of antenna up that things are not going to be lining up with what Spirit was sharing versus what the narrative was going to be sharing moving forward. And while injections had not really been talked about yet publicly, Spirit was showing me that everything was funneling us toward a greater agenda. And way back in the day when those QR codes first came out, Spirit said to me, Mark of the Beast. And I remember thinking at the time, that seems a little like innocuous to be considered the Mark of the Beast. And now I understand this this funneling that we're moving towards where our humanity is being stripped from us and we are being kind of attached to a QR code. We are becoming scannable. Um, we are becoming ownable. And it's all purposeful. In fact, you know, those of us who have, have been following along know that the Luciferian agenda must tell you what they are doing. In fact, they take such pride in putting it kind of in our faces to the point where we are consenting from their perspective. And, and, and a lot, they really believe that the karma is on us because they're showing us, you know, what they're doing. We're choosing to, to, to have either blind eye to it, to not use discernment. Um, and so from their perspective, you know, humanity is asking for this. And you see this a lot in movies where the, you know, the evil villain is like, humanity wants to be controlled, you know, like, and, and to some extent, I think we have to, to say that, you know, they might be right. And we are being given an opportunity from spirit to recognize that we have been given a poisoned apple. And this is not just in this particular last two years, but that we have been given the poison apple for, for quite some time. And this goes back to the distorted narrative around the creation stories and Adam and Eve and how, you know, the divine feminine is always, uh, and the serpent are always getting like the bad rap in these stories. And we're never really looking at the greater picture of, of what did that narrative really mean? And was it consciousness that we actually were removed from or we descended in due to certain choices of choosing knowledge over wisdom and did we choose knowledge because we actually wanted to experience separation so that we could stitch or weave ourselves back together and finally know ourselves as source as the complete reflection of the divine spark and spirit will often say that the soul needs an oppressor. And so we are being given an oppressor. We're being given many oppressors. And when I was tapping into uh, the theme today, um, on my run this morning, I just kept hearing poison, poison, poison. And this, we had talked before the, the recorded call about um, you know, how there's a, been a bunch going on in the weave around snake venom poisoning this week and how there's been a lot of um, sensationalizing it to a point where uh, it's hard to grasp or discern what is actually true um, because there's so much hype or emotion around it that is distorting it. And Spirit really wanted um, me to focus on the, the words venom and poison and not around any of the animals or any of the, the fear or propaganda that is surrounding it, but to focus instead on the energy of what does it mean to be poisoned? Or what does it mean if we say that we have um, 
venom in our consciousness. And specifically going back to that, give you the virus, sell you the cure. Because when um, we were first, you know, still calling this the coronavirus back in the beginning, um, spirit continued to tell me that this was a spiritual virus. This was a thought virus and not to be concerned about my physical form, but be concerned about catching this thought virus. And now spirit is saying, focus on the venom, focus on the poison. And so it's very interesting this week because you would hear poison again in regard to Elon Musk and his bid to take over Twitter and Twitter enacting this poison pill. And, you know, then spirit enact, or brings my attention to, you know, the, the apple and the bite out of the apple on my iPad, you know, and the fact that we use something called an Android, which is, you know, it's connecting once again, leading humanity towards this, um, what is Twitter poison pill? Oh, okay. Tom is asking in the chat. So the poison pill is, um, and I'm no expert on any of this stuff, but Elon Musk bought shares uh, in Twitter and is wanting to, from what he's saying, bring free speech to that platform again. And the, um, the board is enacting something called a poison pill where they're, I believe, allowing shareholders to buy stock at a much lower rate, which would dilute the company and make it much harder for what they call a hostile takeover to happen because he wants to actually per per purchase it and, and turn it into a platform for free speech. And right now the board is, is not allowing that to take place. So they're calling it the poison pill. And so that is also in the collective consciousness right now, all over Twitter. This whole, And I'm not on Twitter, but Spirit has alerted me that this is another big thing in the collective weave. But it all goes back to this energy of, of poison. And I heard today, I was listening, in fact, it might have even been that interview we were discussing before the call, but they were saying that the difference between um, treatment and poison is often dosage. In, in, you know, in medical terms. And spirit is saying that, that that is true as well within the greater weave within our soul, that sometimes what the human is perceiving as poison in our weave is actually just what we need to get beyond that wall of oppression that maybe we were having for ourselves. Like we needed an outside force to actually bring this to our full attention. And here we are talking about this theme of, of poisoned apples. And uh, the very first lyrics are, stay out super late, picking apples, making pies. Put a little something in our lemonade and take it with us. We're half awake in a fake empire. And I thought, my God, like, <laughs> that couldn't be more spot on. You know, put a little something in our lemonade and take it with us. And I think a lot of us feel that way about the injections um, that, you know, right now we're feeling half awake in a fake empire. And um, within the, the poisoned apple, we're going to speak to the energies of scarcity consciousness. What did this poisoned apple consciousness bring to humanity? The true, the true poisoned apple. Um, and how do we regain our true wealth? What type of strength is being called for here to realize our full potential? And what type of arconic retaliation can we um, actually expect and because we expect it then know how to move through that with with discernment and without fear and then we're going to follow up with 
spirit's practical solution, which is right now we need to be an energetic exchange with others in order to be healthy. And this involves creative brainstorming and it leads toward a total transformation. Um, I've been talking a lot in my mentorships lately that we are not really the caterpillar and we're not really the butterfly. We're kind of still in in that amorphous shape that is really not one or the other um, as a collective. Um, even if we may have moved through that process individually, we are still we are still one as a, as, a, as a humanity, and we are all collectively moving through that process right now. The next lyrics that came up were, Johnny Cash said love would burn. I never thought it hurt this bad. While I'm so tired of the rain falling softly on the ground, just enough to get my feet wet, but not enough to let me drown. And there's this feeling um, of spirit acknowledging how hard it is for the human where it's like, man, like my socks are freaking wet again in this reality. Like, can I catch a break? Um, like we're never drowning really, but it can start to feel like we're drowning. And here's where the arconic energies come in. And, and the lyrics were, you're the itch that's on my back. You're the gum under my shoe. You're the horrors of my past. You're the chill that haunts the room. You're the creaking on my steps. You are cancer. You are plague. You are regret. You are disease. I wish you would go away. And I think any of us who have felt like we are under their attack or under that type of retaliatory energy, um, it does bring up every fear and every panic and every trauma. And Every time that you move through it, you think, well, next time it's surely not going to be that bad because, you know, like I know it now. And no, it's it never it's it's never at least in my experience, it's never easier. You have better tools, better skills, maybe better vantage points. But the intensity has always been the same. So I'm going to stop right there and allow any questions to come forward before I move on. Um, I have a little comment or a question, actually. Uh, you right at the beginning of the part that you just went through, you made a statement that we chose. Uh, we chose knowledge over wisdom. And I wanted to ask if you meant we chose understanding over wisdom. Uh, I meant that we chose to know the world through a mind or a mental uh, hijacked state rather than through true discernment, which comes from the lower, the body chakras, um, what we would call like gut instinct. We chose to uh, forego that connection to weave, that connection to our divinity that let us just be with source at all times. Talks about Adam and Eve walking in the garden with God. Well, what that means to me is that they were with their divinity. They were with their divine consciousness. And there's even a part that talks about like Adam throwing himself off of a cliff to uh, just relieve himself of the suffering of being separate from God. And yet, because, you know, there was no death in, in those times, um, it was, you know, just dealing with the scars of being, of being uh, not only separate, but now, you know, you know, hurt with those scars as well. The, the original human wounding that am I instead of that I am presence. And so from spirit's perspective, what we are regaining is the wisdom consciousness, which has been lacking um, since we moved from the ninth dimensional or the, the space where this planet was originally designed to be a vacation zone where we learned individuality, where we got to experience separation from source, but in a really beautiful way. And the consciousness got very attached to form and it 
began distorting the original blueprint. And because this is a free will universe and a free will planet, we were allowed to do so for a certain amount of time. And obviously we have taken that to great degrees, but we are now swinging into unity and wisdom has to return knowledge or simply allowing the mind to collect things is no longer supportive enough for where we're going. So it's definitely speaking to that, you know, brain, ego, I person that we walk around with and say our name is this versus the ancient wisdom that comes through our, our DNA and our cellular makeup. And then when we start, you know, viscerally feeling like if you were, you were born into it as a child, you lose it because the damn culture extinguished it out of you. And then you find you have, you know, a path that you're walking on as an adult and you're starting to get these sensate feelings again. And, uh, but it takes like a very, well, I was just going to say this for like some people, it takes like a very, uh, extreme experience for your, for your latent, you know, feeling senses to wake up that I am presence to, to start firing inside of you and, and bless everybody whose path that is, you know, I feel like definitely I've been that type of person where it's like, I'm so dense as a, you know, am I person that the, I am has such a hard time penetrating. And so I have to have kind of an ordeal of power take place for me to really, really grasp what, what's, what my path is, what I'm supposed to be doing, what I'm actually supposed to be oriented on. And I feel like to a degree, like I'm representing the collective, you know, it's like these people are not getting it. Okay. Make it even harder, you know? And that's what we're all experiencing. Like, we're like, why has got to be so hard? Well, because they're not getting it. You know, they're choosing to learn knowledge. Like you say, Marsha, they're choosing to let it fuel their personality self instead um, so that kind of like circulates and spirals into the power of those that were, you know, that helps them. It, it, it just, it, it prolongs something that isn't actually there anymore, but we feel like it is because everybody's prolonging it. It's like stirring a pot of stew that we really just need to pour into the ditch, you know, like go back to source. Uh, we have a hand up. I'll go ahead and shush my mouth and yield the floor. Go ahead. Okay, I'm having a real laugh out loud moment over here. We gotta, I thought you were gonna say, let's just serve up the stew and eat it, but you said put it in a ditch. It's burnt. It's done. <laughs> Burn it with hot fire. Oh it's God. like your nachos that one time, Heather. <laughs> oh, <they're, laughs> totally. Oh my gosh, that was done. Not no longer edible. Um, well, I was just gonna say, um, Marsha, the part that you were talking about, I had a real aha moment when you were saying the difference between, uh, you know, medicine and poison is the dosage. I feel really lucky that I, well, blessed. I don't know the, the word that this situation that happened over the last couple of years, it did come to me as medicine and it was extremely healing in some ways that even weren't extremely difficult right off the bat. I was given my family back and being stuck in a house with my family and having the realization, um, that we loved one another and that, uh, and then you start hearing, oh my gosh, you know, oh, so-and-so's 
you know, they're getting divorced or like they're fighting or like that, like there were a lot of families stuck in homes together and immediately just having that blessing of like, oh my gosh, wow. I wouldn't have realized that how, how lucky I am. And that was just one of them. And then of course there was the onslaught of extremely painful blessings as well, but it really was medicine. And I did witness people around me who were taking it in different doses. And maybe that means they were watching the news or they were giving into the fear or whatever. And it did turn into a poison for them. And I'll, I'll yield the floor. Well said. Yeah, that's, there's something to be said about, uh, where we all were at, uh, on like December of 2019, you know, as an individual who has gone through human experiences, with regards to the government or with the pharmaceutical industry that is got men with white coats, but they're no longer separate. They're, they're one fused thing. Like the medical industry is the pharmaceutical industry. And I think that something that is going to become a part of everybody's awareness, like within the next few years is that there's like this whole family of entheogenic plants that got shoved under a rug so that the pharmakia, whatever the Greek version of that word is, it literally was originally defined as the dark art, you know, or the left-hand art or just black magic, you know? And so we bring that forward to the idea that people are getting monoclonal antibodies that have cancerous pig cells in them we're getting you know vaccinations that have animal uh, i'm sorry snake venom uh peptide you know snippets from the mrna these things were prophesied and they were also symbolized in a sublime story where people were getting bit on the heel by a snake well the snake in that story was they were behind the people they were chasing the people okay so that's a part that's like a relative part of that story now nobody they're not chasing anybody down to put this stuff into people they're literally obfuscating reality so that people feel coerced they feel indirectly pressured they feel directly pressured or whatever the pressure it's a pressure they're not actually coming and holding you down and putting this in your body but the media, like uh, Heather just mentioned, there were people that went into 2020 with a need to become enraptured in the black art for a while. And that was their ordeal of power. And we all saw how there were going to be people that got injected with something and then had severe remorse later, whether they had symptoms or not. But they went through this personal feeling of letting themselves down, letting their family down, letting everybody down because they got taken for a ride and that they feel they feel really, really like like anybody would almost like a Vietnam veteran would feel really horrible about actually getting sprayed by the rainbow, you know, uh, defoliant uh, things from the sky, you know, trying to deforest Vietnam. It's like that stuff sprayed everywhere and you come back home and you have residual ongoing chronic issues from all of that and you just feel taken advantage of you feel remorse that you put yourself in the position to be taken advantage of whereas some of us 
we had a little bit of a buffer. We had a little bit of an intuition. And we also had probably some ordeals of power, some experiences that ripped our ass raw, that we brought that memory with us into this. And so it's like the old adage that hopefully your parents said is like, fool you once. Shame on them. But if you get taken for a ride over and over and over and you feel that remorse over and over and over, that's shame all over your name. And so this is the whole concept where people need to give space for the fact that, you know, that's their ordeal of power. And whether they get physical symptoms, it's already written kind of in, it's kind of like a manifestation that you take the shot, you have to deal with the, the, the issues afterwards. But that's where that tricky word repentance comes in every single way. People don't understand that word. They don't understand uh, how to engage in that. And so we're going to watch all these people take part in their own personal repentance after they've felt that remorse for making those decisions. And I'll, I'll yield the floor. Go ahead. I, uh, Heather, if you have your hand up yet. Oh no, I just forget how to put my hand back down. <laughs> <laughs> Marsha, you want to, want to segue us? I just want to, you know, put out there too, that there are a lot of people that really do feel and still feel like they made the best choice for them, for their families. And it's important to respect that. And I think those of us who have been um, maligned, especially by the medical industry, uh, we may be coming from an already de, uh, I guess I want to say overly sensitized. I don't want to say desensitized. We, we're coming from like a raw place because we've already had our dance with pharmacia. And we know what that feels like. And I can speak to myself personally that while it has not been a great ordeal of power, I have learned so much and become so much more attuned and sensitive to who I really am through the process of the separation. Um, you know, and I have to always remember that when when I look at what has happened collectively over the last you know, year specifically, um, because it can be um, very challenging not to feel like, oh my gosh, like the people I love are being manipulated. They're being deceived. And yet if I had not been manipulated and deceived, I would not have gotten to this place. And so I do have to always look at it from that lens as well. Yeah, that's, that's so, so much, uh, so important to respect and give space to everybody's path right now. I mean, we went into this trying to shake people awake because you just couldn't even fathom the idea. You know, it's like, I can't even believe this. But as time went on, we had to actually, yeah, that's, that's, that's the way this is all going to go. And uh so there's a, a maturity that takes place inside of everybody because the people who are not taking that path have to give space to the people that are, and that takes maturity. And the people that are taking this, you know, fascist path, they're going to get their maturity in, you know, I hate to say it, in a poison pill that, you know, we all had to swallow the damn poison pills until we caught the message. And um, I always refer to that as the ordeal of power that, if there's a, a pendulum that swings towards wisdom and you can get it through grace, that's highest and best. <laughs> but if the pendulum swings over and you, you got understanding over there, that's generally something that you can get 
through grace too, but just the whole concept of understanding means that you didn't make the choices that would have gave you the wisdom and pass that on through, you know, experiences to make it actual knowledge and let it set through on your life path. You know, sometimes you actually have to have some understanding take place. And I think that anybody who went through the American school system, the public system, you understand how that works because the kids who didn't do what they were told, they got reprimanded and sometimes very harshly. They got separated, which is just a form of excommunication in a way on a very micro abrasion level. But we went through that. And so we understand how you get groomed to react instead of respond. And so I just really appreciate everybody, you know, coming to these groups and really speaking to how they're responding to all this bullshit instead of just reacting like it's, it's, you know, catalyzing us too. And we're watching everybody else do. So uh, definitely applause and, and much appreciation out there. And that's where Marcia spoke to like giving space. Um, maybe somebody would like to give an example of that, you know, just think of something right now that it was kind of a tough one to swallow, but you had to say, you know what, I'm just going to have to know that bygones are going to have to be bygones because I think everybody's had that happen inside of their family uh, over the past two years and, and watching relatives just kind of absolutely surprise you. So uh, I'll yield the floor, Marsha. I'm assuming uh, there are no takers on that one. <laughs> it's hard it's an ordeal of power i get it it is an ordeal of power it is a very private ordeal of power um so we talked about the theme tonight being the poisoned apple and the first energy that spirit brought through the poisoned apple consciousness brings forth a, a feelings of scarcity and we all know you know what scarcity consciousness feels like i would imagine most of us on this call at any rate and it comes with these feelings of loss, feeling like we're not being supported, dissatisfaction with our position in life. Um, it can lead to poor health, can even lead to uh, greed or financial difficulties or extravagance, shame, inner emptiness, isolation, dismissal, quarrels and discord due to money. And then spirit brought up even dark money, black magic, um, money that has been used in a very distorted way. And that we have been placing our energy on outer affairs or the physical reality rather than the inner reality and our core reality, which spirit would call, you know, who we choose to call our family or our core unit. And if we understand that the poison apple uh, brings this scarcity consciousness, then we can always ask for the remedy. And what is the lesson here? And the lesson is that true wealth and power within spirit come from within us and can manifest in this physical realm. So the flip coin of this scarcity consciousness is actually reliability and stability and immunity, which we've been talking about. How are some people spiritually immune, uh, physically immune, yes, but also spiritually immune to a lot of the archonic energies that are coming at us? And 
optimum, optimum operating conditions. That's a tongue twister, optimum operating conditions. So we, many of us have been working with non-optimal operating conditions. And Spirit is saying, once we grasp the lesson that scarcity consciousness brought to us, we will find that shifting. We will see ourselves in good times and particularly with cooperation from others. This is the opening of horizons and the awareness of how our inner and outer wealth are related. And the lyrics to start this part of the meditation were, I'm not the only traveler who has not repaid his debt. And if we are tuned into Christ consciousness, we know that the Christos frequency itself repays our debt. So in any moment we can say, and this is what Tom was speaking to about repenting. We're literally just saying, I don't want this anymore. Like take this back, God. Um, This is too big a burden for me to carry. But because the human desires to fully know itself as God, Many of us choose to carry that burden or choose to um, pretend that that debt has not been repaid yet. And I remember in 2008, Spirit said to me, like, the collective is not going to be choosing the grace timeline. Eventually, it's going to get there, but it's actually choosing the timeline of separation first. So it speaks to this, this feeling that the human desires to actually even know what its debt is so that it can finally fully repay it. And spirit is encouraging that this actually leads us to to great strength, um, to life force and what spirit calls the flame of harmony and that we are actually extracting the richest resources right now when we are in this energy flow. It brings anticipation, inspiration, and allows us to achieve new levels within ourselves, but also collectively, giving us confidence in our abilities. And Spirit will talk a little bit more about how we're going to use those talents and gifts, those abilities in energy exchange in order to actually reap some of the light codes and benefits um, that we can only get right now through bonding and cooperating with others. This energy speaks to bold and responsible implementation of new projects. And this is both individually. So this is a good sign if you're starting something, but also collectively that we're moving more into a place of stability and harmony, but it involves living emotions. So humanity is going to have to learn how to feel and how to move within the full felt human spectrum because our enlightenment Um, does not come from denying the emotions, but actually from fully moving them through us in a way that is integrated. This brings new attitude, enthusiasm, and what spirit calls bright change, as well as inspiration from the unconscious. Things to be aware of in this type of frequency, uh, some shadows are narrow thinking, Um, And feeling like we don't have enough life experience or we don't have enough wisdom or enough finances, you know, we don't have enough whatever uh, to address the issue in front of us. We also might feel that we have ill-conceived plans or what we often talk about is that tissue paper feeling or that wily coyote feeling when you've like gone over the cliff, but you don't have enough weave supporting you beneath you to take that step. Um, And that's when meditation, uh, especially in nature, really comes in handy because it allows us to know which plans are in sold and which plans are, you know, more mental or or possibly ill-conceived or just ill-timed at the moment. We are being cautioned that many have lost touch with reality um, and that this has led to obstacles, delays, and postponements, as well as discontent and disappointment. 
that we have failed as a collective to defend our interests. So we are being given an opportunity to replay that. Spirit talked about 2022 being the year of instant replay. And our ability to defend our interests, particularly our children, um, our planet, the animals, all of those things are being called into question. We were actually put on this planet as guardians and guides, and we are asked now to step into that empowerment. Humanity has been underestimating its abilities and it has been being taken advantage of because of this uh, lack of knowledge or lack of wisdom. And it has allowed us to stagnate and to kind of cycle or circle this drain of hopelessness. And yet Spirit says we have an opportunity right now to recognize our own destruction and incompetence and our unwillingness to communicate with others and how that has left our weave um, possibly feeling dry or isolating. And so we're really encouraged right now to pay attention to any place that we are involved in that narrow thinking or that place of not feeling enough um, because we do have the ability to switch, uh, flip that switch and really tap into that strength that spirit was speaking to, um, the one that allows us to stay in that living emotion state um, and gives us that bright future that spirit was speaking to and encouraging as well. I know that that's been uh, my specific mission. Um, I feel like the need for whatever form of meditation that suits you really has to be engaged on a uh, consistent, uh, just a consistency with your life. Uh, if you get behind and you're, and you're, you know, got to get to it. It's like, you actually feel the, um, the polarity in yourself, uh, like a rubber band effect, uh, if I may, you know, where it's like feeling good, feeling good. Cause I'm meeting myself and meeting myself. And then you miss an afternoon or you'd miss an afternoon in a morning or something. And you just feel dreadful. And, uh, you kind of like learn, you know, that's your ordeal power right there, a little micro, uh, ordeal. And you just like, wow, you know, if I'm just consistent, I actually have, um, a little bit of a, little bit of a, stream in my stream in my river of life instead of a raging river in the river of my life um has anybody else i guess i could toss that out there we've got a lot of really uh smart and uh gifted people on the call whether they want to admit it or not has anybody felt recently that there is possibly a connection between the management of weather and the management of people's mental activity or just kind of like low level chatter or inability to be present or serene inside. Uh, floor is clear. Go ahead and answer if, or take it away. Okay. Um, this is Heather and yes, big time. I feel that so much. And I hear a lot of people I'm close to saying, man, my mind is just uh, distracted, foggy. And I, I was actually had it written down that I wanted to ask about this. The brain fog is so real. And I don't know if brain fog is the word, but it's just not, I can't operate clearly. I'm having, I'm forgetting things regularly. Um, and I almost wonder going back to what Marsha was saying about the soul needing an oppressor and that this all being, you know, eventually for the greater good, I started to think, well, what was I doing with this really fantastic brain anyway? 
And is it maybe time to say, okay, well, all right, it's not working. And that's really unfortunate for the life I was living, but what maybe it's time for me to give my soul some time, you know, and focus more on that since the brain no work in any way. I think that's the ultimate <laughs> plan, to be honest. I'm over I, here laughing and laughing. Oh, God. I have to say to Anasara, I'm like, did I just do that? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, because I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. Um, I do know for myself that when I had that, um, got hit by that truck in 2018, and my brain just stopped being able to work in the way that I was accustomed to. I felt very victimized at first. And then spirit was like, you didn't need that shit anyway. Like I actually knocked it out of you because it wasn't helping you. And it has forced me to have to rely on my felt sense. Because if I try to piece too many thoughts together, I just I simply don't have the ability to do it anymore. Um, but I have felt from the, you know, my higher self and my soul, like this was put into place so that I would stop operating from that place, even just a little bit, uh, you know, and I wonder now if that's kind of happening collectively, but regarding the, the weather specifically, I do know, um, you know, here in the Portland area, uh, we had that crazy snowstorm. I don't know how many days ago that was, but that night was the most restless, arconic sleep. And it wasn't until I think the kids noticed that there was enough snow that there wasn't going to be school that I felt the weave shift into something like joyful and beautiful rather than something that just felt like total trash. Um, but walking through the forests where I normally walk, there's so many downed trees and downed limbs. And that doesn't feel organic to me either, personally. Yeah, go ahead. The floor is clear. You got your hand up. Take it away. Yeah, this is Lenny. And um, I was just going to reiterate that um, I, I feel like um, there has been this breakdown of our reality. Um, it's been a breakdown of the Maya, as we were talking about. Um, and so because there's like this, there's this almost it's uh, when you watch the Matrix and you watch someone fall through it, like you watch all the Mr. Smiths fall through the screen and it kind of crashes the system. And it feels like that's part of the mind, like just wipe because the reality itself that we knew is um, disappearing and the realness of who we are is coming into play, which is also why, like Marsha, I'm feeling I have to rely on my felt sense which is what we were talking about right when we first got on this call too because it's honing in that decision making process from spirit base um versus what our eyeballs are seeing and i have uh, the floor absolutely and now i know you're going to go to Tabor with me at night after that statement <laughs> you're crazy lady no. <laughs> no we have to that will be a great experience <laughs> There's uh, there's definitely some fuckery happening wherein there's 
you know, I'm, I'm just going to blurt it out. My, my intuition has gotten more and more strong. Like even Sequoia, she was very uh, transparent with us with bringing up a, a story that she had where, you know, it was just like, you, you have this lapse in your memory, your lapse in your decision-making, whatever, however it manifests for each person. But I'm getting a stronger intuition all the time that the powers that are working right now, the actual powers how they operate or whatever you want to call them a government or whatever they're possibly figuring out that the schumann blasts the schumann resonances that that we get these cmes these coronal mass ejections from the sun and there's periods when that is you know at a maximum there's periods when it has minimum there's all these different variations of that but the idea that it's hitting us all the time is just fair to accept right now and that you can see the Schumann resonance online and see how it's operating. But I'm getting the sense that the clouds in the manifestation of putting cloud cover up is allowing the energy to come, it comes through the atmosphere and then hits whatever it's going to hit, whether it's the surface of the earth or it penetrates down in, but it gets to a certain point and it's going to reflect and it's going to absorb partially and it's going to reflect partially. And my intuition is that it would normally just reflect back out into space. It would just do what it's always naturally done. But because we have all this extra cloud cover, they actually create what's called a Doppler effect where it comes and hits that artificial cloud uh, ceiling again, and then Dopplers back into the lower lower parts of the earth again because it's a weaker signal it doesn't actually go into the earth anymore it's just bouncing and dopplering back and forth uh like a like a, a ping pong ball would in a in a heart two hard surfaces so i don't know take that for whatever it is but there's there's something that i feel is somehow conjoined between the weather manipulation and the need for humans to either not get uh, vitamin D, the actual solar medicine that we're supposed to be getting to help us, you know, thrive, or that it's, you know, doing something to create this, uh, uh, what Mar what word did you just use Marsha where it doesn't feel real, this feels artificial. And whether that's, you know, taking something that would naturally happen, and it would have a certain effect on us, a, a minimal effect on us, but they figured out how they can magnify that effect. And we're back into that, you know, a little bit of sun is medicine, whereas a lot of sun is poison. And we're back into that, you know, the portion is actually what decides the experience. So I'll yield the floor. Well said. Uh, we actually have two hands up. Let's go ahead and give uh, Sequoia the floor here. Go ahead, Sequoia. Hey, thanks. This is Sequoia. Um, <clears throat> I'm really glad you brought up the weather manipulation, Tom. Uh, it's been on my mind. For a really long time now, I've been actually, I woke up to geoengineering and spraying in the skies in about 2011, 2012, and really got hooked on it and active on it. And uh, from where I live on the farm, we have a clear view of the skies. We're kind of like west of Eugene by about 25 miles or so. And they usually spray right past our farm, right between us and Eugene. And so we get like a front row view whenever they're doing it of what they're doing. And uh, my landmates and I have been tracking it for the last year. We really keep an eye on like what they're doing, what the weather's doing. And 
we've really been focusing lately on like uh doing active like rain prayer rain praying and um like going down to this the stream and the creek and calling in the rain and calling in the snow to try and defeat the the ultimate plan that they're trying to bring in which is to like burn us to the ground this summer and dry us out and make it so we can't grow food and uh we've also noticed this trend with the brain fog and people being like crazier than normal and um a lot more accidents which i know can be related to the vaccines as well but i've noticed the brain fog thing and correlating with when they're spraying out of control there was one day a couple weeks ago where there were like two planes spraying parallel to each other like two lines going across the sky and i looked up and thought how in the world are people not seeing that it's so blatantly obvious but of course everyone's looking down at their devices and they're not paying attention and uh i really think that the the weather manipulation and all of that is it's all tied in to the 5g frequency fence that's gone up and i strongly feel like things like the cobra water nonsense and all of this is just it's one more distraction to keep people's focus away from the fact that the frequencies are getting worse and worse around us and we're in this like constant soup of toxicity and no one's talking about it and i felt like the canary in the coal mine regarding this topic for like the last five years i feel like i'm screaming from the rooftops and the mountaintops trying to get people to wake up and they just are they just refuse to listen and then i watch everyone around me having problems with brain fog and getting sick all the time and just like this it's constant patterns that I've been keeping track of. It's yeah, it's really fascinating. I just thank you for bringing that up. I totally agree that the weather manipulation and everything, it's all tied in together. It's all uh, keeping us in a toxic environment and and keeping people uh, really distracted. I got I get messages from spirit frequently that's like, OK, yes, it's beautiful outside and the sun's out and you, you need your vitamin D, but hey, like maybe let's take a break, go back in the trailer. Like, I know that sucks, but let's take a break from breathing in what they're spraying. And so I try and listen to that and try and do inside activities too. Uh, try and do lots of detoxing as well so that I have not felt really any adverse reactions since I've been doing a lot of detoxing. So anyway, I, I will yield, yield the floor. Wow. Thank you for that. I, that's really great to hear too, uh, that you found really a modality that's kept you, kept you free and clear. Uh, I'm actually, you know, just like basically on the same latitude as you, but further East. And, uh, I'm, I'm very, uh, uh, convinced put it this way that because, uh, we're at the lower part of the Willamette Valley that we're actually seeing, you know, what they need to, go in a northern direction where the pop where more population obviously is and everything like that so i'm seeing a tremendous amount of activity in the skies over on our side of the valley because i'm on the other side and about the same distance away from eugene and it's incredible on a clear day where you're actually planning to have precipitation within the next well we'll say 36 hours maybe day and a half or maybe even two days they will start you know their process and that it's loading the sky there's all of these various different things that they're doing but 
uh, as Sequoia kind of uh, teased us that there's this process that takes place just naturally. It's the hydrolics, <laughs> I can't even say the word, uh, having to do with the water cycle. And if you disrupt that, in pointed ways in places where you know we this this uh environment out here in the pacific northwest it is water it thrives on water it has to have water and so when they disrupt that it has such a severe immediate reaction and we don't even have to be a decade into it for it to start really having um kind of like these very uh emergency like natural disasters that then gets played up as you know the climate change narrative and so you know and people that have been on this sawhorse for a while doing their work it becomes exasperating but what i will say with this is that the people who have you know noticed that things are off did some research went down the, the hole and and inform inform themselves you're you've had practice to really become delivered in your in your message and really become you know very pointed in the that points that you make because there's a it's a very complex issue and you can make people turn off by the overwhelming fear that it uh, catalyzes in people because it totally tears away the idea that your government cares about you you know we got this thing called the air force and the air is literally being you know, poisoned, and we have an air force. There's two oxymoronical realities that that have to take place at the same time, and you have to make up your mind within that. So uh, I'm going to yield the floor. We actually have two hands up. Carrie, let's go ahead and yield the floor to you for a moment. Hi, this is Carrie. Uh, you can probably hear my cat in the background. <laughs> but I had a question around this. I'm so glad that you brought this up, Tom, because Way back when, when I lived in California, I want to say 20 years ago, um, my eyes kind of opened to something. And um, what happened was there was a downpour of rain in one specific city. And it happened to be a really, really poor city called Watts. Um, and it caused a lot of flooding and a lot of damage. And when I heard that, I went, huh, that is really weird. Why would it be just one city and not affect the cities that are literally touching it around? Um, and my first thought was that it was the consciousness of the people um, that are affecting the weather. And so I wanted to ask um, whether the consciousness of the people are affecting the weather or would that be more of like weather manipulation in that instance? Marsha, let's, uh, let's let you uh, chime in on that. I mean, my, my feeling in that particular instance is manipulation. Um, I do, I have gotten the sense from spirit that we, um, can of course uh, the the weather and, and us we're we're interlinked um but right now it's really hard to use that gift and talent because there is there's just so much interference at the moment and i would parallel that in my in my intuition as well i feel like if if we created like a we'll just take a huge number like a 300 million person uh weather uh, prayer group, uh, you, I feel like 
yeah, you can start piercing through the the chaotic environment that we're in and start really doing things like probably humans did a long time ago. Uh, but I feel like the the individual pr- process or like a little town or a little city be, being able to uh, what we would call dis or unawaringly create you know a storm for themselves. I I don't I don't intuitively feel like that's uh, necessarily how how things operate. But uh, again, take take things uh, exactly uh, as in your own authentic way. But the the horrible part about your story that I intuited as you were speaking it is that there's weather for hire. Okay. If someone in California desires to be able to uh, buy something that's not for sale, what do you do? You ruin it. Okay. Comes for sale real fast. And, um, you know, there's a lot of little weird layers of how that can be employed, but whether just when you think of New Orleans, you think of South Florida, you think of, you know, all these places, we're talking trillions and trillions of dollars worth of damage. And our whole money system works off of the, the, the ability to just move fake wealth or fake currency. And if they can't get it to move by a war or by, you know, uh, creating a calamity of some sort, or that there isn't a natural calamity that allows you to spend money on something. Well, you know, unless you're engaged in pure communism where you just come up with more and more plans and more and more plans to spend money, you need a disaster. And that's really where the whole thing starts to unravel, where if you're really asking yourself is like, follow the money, like it all is very layered and very nuanced, of course, but at the core of it all, the banks need to move the 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 money that gets spent on the 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 whole industry of putting up new buildings and you know new roads there's so much employment and things that go into that that if if they figured out how to spend a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of sur- surfacants and micro uh, beads of metallic little particles spray that across an area that they can you know with a high percentage of of precision be able to have that you know, storm system drift over to where they need it, you know, that's, that's really, really, it's, it's wicked. Obviously it's wicked, but it's something that, like I say, it instills so much fear in people that it creates this hardcore cognitive dissonance that if they accept that, then they're going to have to accept, you know, the COVID narrative they're going to have, or they're going to have to expect, you know, what I'm, you guys know what I'm trying to say. Like, there's like this cascade of things that happen. You know, and I think where Sequoia is coming from, it's like you go 10 years on this thing and you see that it's getting worse over the last two years and you see that they're doing it in, um, we'll just say in geographies where you have a high degree of ability to do things with a high degree of precision. Um, It's just like being here in Oregon the most significant feeling that I personally have had to deal with is feeling cagey, like this indescribable feeling that there's a ceiling above me that is pressing down more and more and more like the old cartoon where the guy's in the room and the ceiling's coming down and the walls are coming in. It's that sort of ephemeral feeling that is very difficult to snap out of when you're when the throes of it. It's uh, something that you know, I'm sure other people will kind of like, you know, mirror me in that way, but it might be slightly different where you feel like 
like like actual claustrophobia, or you might feel brain fog, then feel severe chronic fatigue, then feel manic, then go into that ceiling feeling. So it's kind of like a myriad of things that are always taking place, obviously. But I think if we all talk to each other more, we'd find out in and amongst ourselves that things are actually progressing or capitulating or getting more and more intense uh, over the last you know, 24 months, um, since nine 11, as, as Sequoia brought up in the chat, it's like the last, uh, 2001 to now, like a 21 years is going on 22. Uh, you know, we've watched our world change and we've had to watch people, you know, latch on to the idea that they wouldn't do that because they care for us. They're looking out for us and they want our greater good. They're looking out for a greater good. They would not do that because that would go against that notion of them looking out for a greater good. And I think that um, anybody who has gone into a uh, slightly spiritual modality, you accept Maya. You know that the world is made up of things that are are so indescribably dark that you don't even need to go and, and like go all the way down there because it's it's not gonna destroy you 32 cents a day okay uh marcia can you uh offer us maybe a tidbit of yeah. how it manifests for you when you were going through kind of like uh your own initial spiritual uh taste of spirit but then you can like rubber band back into just horrible cognitive dissonance and and you know the cagey feeling that I'm, I'm trying to relate. Yeah. I, I find that it's very hard for me to sit in those feelings without going deeper into them and trying to uh, just find out why they're showing themselves to me. Um, because, you know, the more sensitive that you become, it can start to feel very victimizing. Um, like you said, especially when you're in that feeling where it feels like it's pressing down on you um, and you can't get like that full breath. But um, I have, you know, I'm up to about three and a half hours a day of practices to keep my energy clear, just to be able to, to homeschool my daughter and do readings and, you know, keep sanctuary going and all that. And that's a lot. Um, I recognize that, but it's also like the bare minimum um, of what I'm needing to do right now to, to stay clear. Um, I don't know if that is what you were asking. I don't know if I went on a tangent there. I saw something you just wrote in the chat, but I missed the fullness of what you said. Uh, I was just kind of relating on what you were speaking of. I, I'll yield the floor. Lenny, go ahead. Okay, <laughs> my mute button. Okay, this is Lenny. Yeah, I was going to say... Um, I totally agree uh, that there has been this weather manipulation there. Obviously they do. Um, we have proven that there's chemtrails and there's, there's these ionized metals being rained down on us. I know there's many reasons for that, um, that they're using. Um, and then in combination with that 5g frequency fence, like Sequoia is talking about, it does create the schism in our frequency. And so it, <laughs> It definitely is to everyone's advantage to practice um, 
different tools and meditations and energy clearing techniques. Um, I know that I practically, um, when the, the 5G, they turned on the 5G from country to country this past year. And I knew when it was coming to ours, it was going to be a problem for me. And I practically put myself in a Faraday cage because for me, it, I had seizures. Literally, the frequency was so low that they were suddenly raining upon me compared to the one that I had been sitting in previously in my spirit that it would just create an instant seizure. And I've had to learn um, lots of tools um, to kind of combat that. I know myself. Um, but I was going to say about the cities also, um, in a positive way, I have seen cities combat these things. In Ojai, when I was there three or four years ago, the fires were coming there and they were all over Southern California. And Ojai is um, full of Native American people and their farms and there's no pesticides there. Um, Ojai means nest. And so it is just this valley between the mountains and they have managed to keep out um, tons of the cellular towers. They've managed to keep those out. Um, they've managed to keep their farms free from pesticides. They've managed to hold their frequency. And when those fires were all over raging around them, everybody in that city prayed and no fires came into Ojai. Like the entire city was saved and there was fires all the way around. So I think people can affect things through prayer and um, a higher vibe to fight these things. Um, and, and I know in Ojai, there was three organ makers, which is actually unheard of in a tiny little city of California. And um, you could just see the weather and the chemtrails dissipating above the city. It was pretty cool. And I yield the floor. Yeah, great that, story. That's really great to uh, remind us too. I, I remember reading uh, Drumvelo's books and that he was just very matter of fact about how uh, he was able to work very efficiently with clearing out uh, garbage that he didn't feel was necessary to have around their, their, uh, their meeting groups. Cause he felt like, you know, they, there was some uh, affinity for these, artificial feeling storm fronts or, or even like spaceship kind of clouds around his meeting groups. And he's like, well, let's get done with that. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like he offered it in his book as like matter of factly, you know, it wasn't even something he felt that special about, but, uh, I'll yield the floor. Uh, one thing I'll, I'll just bring up here. Um, there's, it's just so really great to talk about the chemtrails and that, you know, it just leads into so many tangential subjects, but it's very good to uh, compose ourselves. It's like, uh, it's a multi-vector thing. So you see stuff happening in the sky and then Sequoia brought up, you know, there's just a soup of energies around us in that you have towers you have the little micro um, femtocells that they're putting up. These are more in the in the urban areas where they're putting them on, you know, street street lights and on the corners of buildings and things like that. You also have the smart meters that are in the residential areas, and really, you know, unless your area has the 5G grid going up around you the only thing that's in the residential areas is the smart meters. And you can look up if that's around you, but the whole point I'm trying to make is that 
there's kind of a multi-vector thing happening. So whenever you're feeling like a little weird and you're trying to figure out the patterns that are taking place so that you can kind of nip it in the bud or figure out a scenario for yourself or just to like get a, figure out the patterns, um, we, we can't ever really know if the satellites that Elon, Elon I want to call him Elon, uh, Elron, Elon, um, what, what those, when they're, when they're activated, what that adds to our uh, organism when, you know, the, the waves come down to earth, they obviously partially absorb, but they also partially uh, uh, reflect because, you know, we've created all of these artificial surfaces like concrete and buildings and things like that. Well, if there's artificial clouds over top of artificial buildings, artificial concrete, and then he sends down an artificial satellite frequency, normally would be absorbed into the earth very efficiently it doesn't because of the thing it's like your environment is your environment so wherever you are that's what's happening and i just want to bring up the point that because it's so many vectors there's there's just all you can really do is what sequoia mentioned it's like just detox yourself you're not going to necessarily be able to pray the weather away and the satellites away and the 5g towers away but you can detox yourself you know and that's kind of where you can feel so disempowered within all this and that because nobody listens or nobody really wants to do anything about it that all you're really left to do is to mind your own peace and cues again so there we are again just sit in the sauna and, and, and sweat it out so um I'll yield the floor with that. Somebody said in the chat that Drumvelo Melchizedek really opened their eyes to our potentials. And that's just really something that, uh, you know, the idea that you can manifest things through our, the power of our minds is like, we're so, uh, decrepit in our latent potential right humans could be even just coming together like the buddhists do to chant you know it creates this bubble of vibration it's like look at us we're doing it through zoom you know whether with intent or not you know we try to do it with intent um if somebody's got the their hand up yet go ahead and take it i can yield the floor otherwise if it's still a hand uh that's fine too marcia how are we looking or feeling I don't know if you dropped out there or my internet dropped out, but I missed whatever you just said there, Tom. Oh, I was just inquiring with uh, how you uh, how we're sitting with the themes tonight. If we had, um... we still have quite a bit more, but I want to be uh, aware that we have you know people's time. So um, just honor that. I, I don't know how much more people want me to get into tonight to go through the rest, or if people want to settle down the weave. Um, it's up to you guys. Well, I'll be quiet here because it could be that my internet's the bubbling one. So um, please do continue. I, I don't know if everybody wants to echo that in the chat, if that's their feeling is, but I would love if you would continue. Well, the, the very next thing that Spirit uh, was talking about after strength, that this is creating strength, but it's also bringing us to the realization of our full potential. And right now we're really dealing with the shadow aspects of that realization, which is a reluctance from the human to return to ancient wisdom and knowing. 
Um, we have this desire to earn and accumulate as much as possible. And Spirit says there's levels of avarice and this constant desire to dominate in our relationships and in our uh, situations. And this is collectively, not individually. Um, indifference, apathy, gossip, a weak masculine, uh, confused thinking, like we already spoke to, rash and impulsive acts, which if anyone's been driving lately on the freeway, you'll know those. And this inability to express our thoughts clearly, as well as um, this tendency to lean towards vanity or to towards presenting a certain image rather than actually presenting our core self. And so these are all of the opposing energies uh, that we're being asked to integrate as we move into this realization of our potential or what spirit calls the son and daughter, the children of the mother earth. And within this frequency, this realization is a naturalness. It's creation, it's growth, fertility, it's the pregnancy of the new earth that is actually being birthed within every single one of us. And these are frequencies of sensuality and our connection to the multidimensional universe or what I call weave, um, which spirit is saying is going to lead us to substantial opportunities of incredible significance. And we are being encouraged to work in and with nature. So we've talked about that a lot as one of the greatest detoxes is not only getting bare feet on the ground every day, to release uh, a lot of what we have pulled in, but also to connect with the earth and receive the light codes that are born anew every single day. We're learning practical lessons and we're perfecting our crafts. And we're also being encouraged to be open to our sensuality and to sensual relationships, that we need this healing and we need this heat. These also lead to both long-term and fruitful relationships that allow us to jointly construct our life and to live in a frequency of co-creation rather than codependence. And the lyrics during this part of the meditation were, I wish I could do better by you because that's what you deserve. And this feeling that we have not been um, necessarily doing well by Mother Earth or by the soul or by the animals or the children, that we've kind of gotten lost into that shadow frequency. So we're being called to make every effort, and Spirit had me write this in capital letters, to bring our potential to life and that this is not a time to procrastinate or to be given into laziness. Um, and we are encouraged that it is worth it. So uh, it can feel annoying to have to kind of remain clear in a world where um, it might be easier to check out. And yet spirit is saying that every effort that we can take right now to bring this to uh, potential into fruition is, is going to be well worth it. The very next part of the meditation started with the lyrics, been talking about the way things change and my family lives in a different state. If you don't know what to make of this, then we will not relate. If you don't know what to make of this, then we will not relate. And this acknowledgement from spirit that there has been this schism uh, that we've talked about um, where people are living in different realities, different states of being. And even to the point where, you know, you can point to the sky and say, you know, can you see what's happening here? And I have had people say, like, I don't even see what you're talking about. So the veils can be that heavy um, where it's it's not even being seen by the physical eyes. And I think that's something for us to take into account um, because it can be very frustrating when you are awake and aware to certain things um, to be met with such uh, 
um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just, I guess, ignorance to what's even really right in front of our faces. And Spirit is saying that, that in large part, that there is a veil that we need to step through in order to be able to even perceive that. So we are being encouraged right now uh, to actually start our creative brainstorming, that there is uni unity in diversity and that honoring differences is incredibly important. We need to have the freedom to explore ideas that seem the most far-fetched. And so we've been talking about some far-fetched things on the call and Spirit's actually encouraging us that what seems crazy today might actually prove tomorrow to be brilliant or to be uh, some revelation of truth that we may not be able to wrap our minds around in this particular moment. We're being encouraged to stretch our imagination, to be open to new people, new ideas, and information that is novel and unfamiliar. It is time to actually tap into what is counterintuitive. And this doesn't mean from spirit that we're not using our intuition and instinct. It means that sometimes the message comes in a way that is counterintuitive to the way the personality might perceive it. And that sometimes we have to appreciate that certain ideas that are out in left field may actually have something to bring to the table or have something to offer us. And the next theme was the angel of joyfulness showed up. Spirit never gives us um, this this space of despair or discontentment without also acknowledging that there is an antidote or a remedy. And the lyrics here were, I've been going through a change. I might never be sure. I'm just walking in a haze. I'm not ready to turn. And spirit acknowledging that humanity is going through this metamorphosis and that we're not really certain what's going on right now. And we do feel like we're walking in a haze as we talked about. Um, and this feeling that that the collective is not quite yet ready to turn. And, and like Tom spoke to, it's really hard to believe that other humans might not have your best interest in mind, particularly, you know, within religion or government. But from spirit's perspective, a lot of the beings that were in power energetically are not what we would even consider human by our organic standpoint. And so it's tough for the human mind or the human heart to wrap around some of these atrocities. And we actually have to step back and acknowledge that some of this is not even coming from a human perspective. So all of this can be very uh, disempowering and spirit wants us to know that actually something wondrous and magical is occurring right now. And we have the ability to be joyful and to celebrate and to appreciate all that we have achieved to date, even if our physical realities may not be presenting to us, uh, you know, the ideal of what we wish to be experiencing in this life, that when we express gratitude for all of life, especially our setbacks, we're able to actually receive something wonderful in the process. In fact, the spirit says something emerges, something amazing as a result of a recent contact or experience that we have. Now, because it's coming within this week, uh, recent could be within the last few months, last few weeks, or it could mean that it's coming up within the next uh, week or few weeks. So pay attention to um, something that spirit is saying seems rather insignificant or meaningless at the time, but yet something wonderful emerges as a result of this contact. We are learning as a collective and individually that we deserve to have and be all that our heart desires and that our lives are on the verge of wondrous transformation. And it goes back to that 
metamorphosis where we're not really the caterpillar, but we're not really yet the butterfly either. And that when we can understand that joyfulness is actually a state of appreciation, it's also a love for ourself and all of life. And we're conditioned that we can't accept joy into our lives. And yet spirit is saying, no matter what circumstances we find ourselves in, we are always deserving of that joy. And the next part in the meditation were the lyrics. Yeah, totally. Heather says we're chrysalis goo right now. Exactly. The lyrics were live, wide awake. Yeah. Am I a stranger? Just all alone. Addicted to my other self. I'll rearrange you. I'll out of place you. Where everybody's something else. And this feeling of, uh, sorry, I missed the last part here. I flipped the page and lost the lyrics. So I'll read it again. Live, wide awake. Yeah. Am I a stranger? Just all alone. Addicted to my other self. I'll rearrange you. I'll out of place you where everybody's something else and I can't tell. And what spirit wanted to come through from that lyric is how isolating and lonely it can feel when we are awake or aware to certain things. Um, and yet the, the world is always asking us to pull forth a personality self. It's always asking us to identify ourselves in a number of ways. And yet the lyrics here are, I'll rearrange you, I'll out of place you. And that's what the soul does to us. When we say yes to the soul, it says, I'm going to rearrange your life. I'm going to out of place you for a time where everybody is something else. And, and you're not going to necessarily fit in. And that can be very discouraging um, and disheartening to the personality self. And yet spirit wants us to know that it's actually an integral part of regaining our sovereignty and, and really stepping in, stepping into the core of who we came here to be. If anybody wants to uh, make any points on that or bring up any personal uh epitaphs within that otherwise uh no hands up at the moment marcia the last theme for the evening was that we have to learn how to trade again um to exchange energy in order to create abundance and when we first um got into this in March of 2020, Spirit kept saying person-to-person -person economy. That was one of the themes that kept coming through over and over again, that we needed to be available to energetically exchange with each other in order to create the most abundance. We're being encouraged to make connections and exchange our information, our talents, and our support. That in order to expand, we must exchange energies and light codes with others. If we are creative and we are being asked to share our talents and to know that the universe gives us more in order to share more and that this is a beautiful cycle. We're being encouraged to be open and honest and to be in our integrity with all of our exchanges, because when we do something just to get something, we are creating karma and bringing challenges to ourselves. And the universe is always desiring to return us to a natural state of balance. If we feel lacking in abundance at this time, we are encouraged to share our time, our gifts, and our understanding with others. And if we are frustrated with a particular life situation, we are asked to see what can we offer in this moment? What can we give or how can we serve? Do not hold back on your offerings. Trust that all energy, including money, is part of the divine flow of energy. And if we claim ownership in any way, we begin to truncate the natural flow. 
Once again, be open, honest, and vulnerable as new opportunities present themselves in the coming days, weeks, and months. And here, Spirit had me write July 14th to 17th. And I don't often get dates from Spirit unless there is a cycle or a spiral uh, that spirit likes to bring our attention to. And the feeling was that we are from this moment in a spiral until this week. And there's this feeling of an integration or a culmination happening within the week of July 14th to 17th. And of course, you know, from the personality perspective, I have no idea what that means. And I have learned not to mentally interpret anything, but just to give the information because often it comes back around and is quite significant or meaningful um, in the hindsight. The last lyrics, lyrics to close out the reading were, we get lost in comparison Looking outside of me, I see this world is unraveling. I wonder, who could we be? I don't want to see us lose any more time. This moment is a mountain to move, so move it aside. Wake up now, wake up now, because you got lost in comparison, always pretending you knew when everything you were looking for was already looking at you. Wake up now, wake up now. This is our mountain to move. Well, has anybody got a good yodel? If we're going to be up on the mountain moving it. Yes, no. Um, kind of felt like that was the end of the themes, the way she trailed off like that. Does anybody have anything to relate? Any questions or anything that they'd like prayers for or just some focus on? Yeah. Lenny brought up in the chat just now the line of this is our mountain to move and actually spirit added that that's not in my notes. So that was that was ad libbed at the end and and felt felt like the, the ultimate message. So thank you for picking up on that. Marsha, could you speak? This is Heather. Could you speak to what you imagine this being our mountain to move looks like? sort of in a day-to-day setting? I can speak to how spirit has kind of worked through me, which has really helped me have a life that's full of like gratitude and appreciation. Whereas uh, before I was always feeling, you know, under the weave. Um, Ask me your question one more time because I just got mind wiped. So there's obviously big time energy here. Yeah, it took me a minute to even unmute myself because I'm like, what am I going to ask her? Um, oh, okay. So what it would look this, this is our mountain to move. What does that look like on a day? I get it energetically. And I'm like, yes, I feel that. But I I need to okay. know what to yes. do tomorrow yes. morning. So the, the, the major thing that keeps coming through is, are we, are we staying out of polarity? as best as our ability, because the human naturally wants to be in polarity. But can we take a step back before we start to react to something and respond to it instead? Um, Because anytime that we are taking a pause, taking a breath, connecting, making eye contact with another human being, like being in presence, we are 
in the natural flow of life, you know, when we are, you know, like Tishi is here on this path, when we are connected to the forest, to the trees, um, we are in that organic flow. I have found that when things get really busy is when I tend to think like, oh, I'll just do that when all of this stuff gets done. And spirit has really had to train me that that all or nothing mentality is, is terrible. And that I have to be intentional with literally every little thing. And so, you know, it's like going through my day and making sure like, was I intentional with how I threw away that trash? Like, was I intentional with that person that was speaking to me, you know, as I was passing them, you know, on the trail, like being uh, as bringing as much of myself as I can, I guess, to each moment. Um, and the easiest way, I guess, to say that is to just be present, but saying to someone, just be present, I think is, you know, sometimes hard for our minds to, to really understand what that means. That helps me a lot. Thank you. There's just such a, a gift for us because we're literally coming out of a dream state every single morning. I mean, whether you could, you know, obviously connect to the dream or you felt like you had some experience or whatever, but the coming from another realm and we're waking up and then we have that opportunity to remind ourselves that the, the dream is the primary and the Maya is the, is the, is the result of it. And, um, as much as you can remind yourself that throughout the day with that added little salt and pepper of intent with even the most minuscule and mundane little activities, you, you find that, um, the gratitude and the appreciation can really start to flow. And um, I can speak as an individual who's way, way, way far on the uh, mentalized and um, cerebral end of the spectrum that to even talk to this is like a very big distance from where I started and that I had to suffer a lot before I came to have a very authentic realization that maintaining an intent, present, you know, dream, uh, uh, engaged attitude, um, poise, whatever you want to call that, it, it actually facilitates the, the process of weave and, um, the trick then is to not <laughs> feel bad when you're in a manic, manic aspect of that, where you're going in and out of personality, you're having to meet other people with an aspect of yourself and you won't recognize that particular aspect that came out, you know, because you're kind of a revolving door, uh, as, as you go through your process. And I think that, um, becoming okay with yourself throughout that process is another, you know, forgiveness towards the self, you know, you find yourself doing something in a very unpresent way or without intent, no reason to dwell on it, obviously. So um, I guess I'll just leave it with that. I've, I've had to really figure it out for myself within that self-harm within that uh, quite a lot. Well said, definitely all those points. Uh, the floor is still yielded. Uh, if anybody has anything they'd like to bring up or any prayers they'd like for anything, any focus on anything, now would be the time. Uh, we definitely went quite a long time tonight, so I definitely uh, want to thank everybody. And uh, let's just give a little moment. If you want to chime in, just uh, take the floor. You don't even have to raise your hand. 
Yeah, this is Heather again. And um, we were talking earlier about, um, you know, like our brains not really working the way we're used to them working and, you know, like being cerebral, cerebral, well, I can't say the word, but nevertheless, that's like case in point right there. Um, none of that working the way we're used to it working. And what's been coming up for me a lot lately is uh, the difference between um, for my own self uh, going about things in more of a masculine way, which does tend to be more mental um, and softening into being more feminine. And it's very, feels very vulnerable to me. And I think to probably most women um, in, in this day and age, because we've kind of worked out this thing where men are no longer really holding most men, I think are not holding the role that they were at one point. Um, and that's not a blame on them. It's, it's been something that has, I think just naturally happened, not naturally, but it's been, hmm, this is a little bit of a vulnerable thing for me to talk about. So the words are not coming easily, but um, I am wondering if this could be this brain, no working thing could be something that could benefit us as women to softening to our femininity. And in turn, would that elevate, um, men to step into that more divine masculine role of taking on that laser focus that they're so amazingly capable of doing not that we're not capable but they're just so so freaking good at it yeah um, absolutely 100 percent. everything that you're saying yeah you okay. made them it's scary <laughs> sorry go ahead you made a very salient point there um and that we're engendering something that has been you know uh lost uh in the collective human you know psyche for a long time and that whether it be you know the idea that we lost the divine masculine in a certain gender and that it by polarity had to lose it on the other side too i feel like this uh losing of our minds is actually going to benefit both genders very very uh, handsomely uh except the process isn't very beautiful and uh you know, Marsha will come to me sometimes uh, with a, a significant example of how a couple is uh, very integrated in that the uh, the man gives the woman space to kind of flower out, if I may, and that there's uh, a, a polarity that happens in all things. So therefore, the man gets to express himself in ways that he was not able to before the woman was, was in a, in a place. And then the opposite, the exact opposite is true for the woman. And so then it just becomes a ping pong ball of integration and that you get glimpses of this uh, because social networking is so prevalent in our era that you get glimpses of this uh, happening in, in and around certain events or certain people or whatever it is. And you could say, okay, there's a snapshot. You know, obviously they're not completely, totally integrated individuals, but you get to see a little glimpse of how people came together and integrated an aspect of that, the, that masculine feminine um, gnosis and that it allowed the other person to immediately uh, in polarity express that as well. So I'll yield the floor.
we have to remember that part of the distortion is that the polarities are distorted and that if we can integrate our own polarities, my gosh, like then when we are interacting with another person, um, things can get very just magical and amazing because we are, you know, in tune with ourselves, which then allows us to be in, in tune with someone else. And I have to agree with you, Tom and Heather, that this is absolutely happening on purpose and it is divinely guided, even if it doesn't feel that empowering to the human, because, you know, Tom and I have talked many times that it was a distorted matriarchy before it was a distorted patriarchy. And that when the feminine, and I don't just mean the gender, but the feminine, the frequency can be embodied fully, um, and particularly in someone who's also identifying in a, in a female body with that feminine form, it allows the man to also open, like you said, Tom, in an or the masculine frequency, I should say, to open in an entirely different way. And you can keep up leveling and down leveling if you're you know, deepening, whatever you want to call that, the more that those two people play within those energies. And um, I think we're going to, you know, really see that this mentality that a lot of women, especially since the 70s, have really taken on this more masculine, you know, breadwinner or, um, you know, working full time and raising a family type situation. And I find that most women are not happy these days, that most women don't even understand the concept of deepening or tapping into the, the feminine, because no one has even time to understand what that means. Um, because we've created a very distorted system that doesn't allow us to uh, reflect or to have silence or, you know, to have space. And um, yeah, I don't want to keep rambling. So I'll yield the floor with that. Yeah, the, that's such a great topic. I just would, was going to bring up the little uh, phrase of, um, oh boy, I'm going to get mine wiped. Uh, I was going to say divine wounding. Is that the word I was going to go for? Or collective wounding? The idea there is that we're helping each other heal it. And when we do it on an individual basis, then we light up everything around us. And obviously we're hoping that these little sanctuaries can be like a little light up, you know, for whoever it touches and whoever's drawn to it. Obviously this is happening in its own way all around the world right now. This isn't just specific to us. There's other people too that are, you know, obviously going through their own process of this, but it's just like, there's a wounding that occurred and who you meet either helping you heal for that wound or adding into the collective trauma that we're all bonded together within so um every day that i wake up i just say thank you for this gift and let me be uh you know a healer for the collective wounding instead of an adder to the the collective uh distortion that we're, we're obviously seeing it magnified right now you know and so topic tonight with poison it's like how much darker does it get than poison i mean for christ's sake i mean other than making me like a comet okay or, or aliens landing i mean they're always talking about that stuff too but you know we're getting into the most dreadful shit so how how you got to be having the attitude like how much how much what else could they pull out of the freaking deck at this point so um just unrivaled optimism at this point because we've really had to hit rock bottom um we are getting into the dark stuff does anybody have anything that they'd like to uh lighten us up with before we 
Um, well, Heather did it great. She was talking about softening up or softening into what we know is missing in the world. So, um, you know, whether it's a baby animal or something like that, has anybody got anything? I've uh, met a lot of really wonderful squirrel friends this week that uh, are very beautiful and uh, very appreciative of having them in my life. And the more that I connect with animals, the more I feel like there's hope for us yet. Yes, that is beautiful. I'll just bring up too that you reminded me of the fact that because everybody became uh, a hustler because of the economy just obviously imploding, that the phenomenon of adopting animals or just caretaking animals for a temporary period of time and then having it on, have your whole channel be about show, showcasing your interactions with these animals, I think that's just the most high vibrational stuff ever. Like, I just think that's one of the most interesting human trends that is happening right now where people just adopt the dog for a couple of days and then they have a channel where they just go adopt animals for a few days and show their interaction with the animal it's like i'm astounded by it's just a good idea well where's the animal going after the few days well the idea is that the animal is only going to be sitting in the, in a cage anyways so the idea is that you're giving the animal the ability to interact and express itself and develop itself and then your channel is also giving that animal way more exposure than it would have ever gotten and so it's kind of like they're seeing it as a net positive effect and i guess this is something that i didn't even know really but i guess a lot of places they really do uh, have overflow so they need people to just take animals like temporarily in their homes until they can get their flow figured out and then you bring them in and then it's just like normal so you're kind of acting as like an overflow for these places to a degree so i just think it's so beautiful I just I thought you were talking about some new Instagram trend where people were like getting animals for a few days for pictures. And I was like, I'm not into that. I can tell you that this makes more sense. The fostering. Yeah, it's a par- partially fostering and it's you know using your Instagram to whatever uh, showcase your interactions and that it becomes like this. People are sharing in how they couldn't even believe that you could rehabilitate an animal from where it started to where it is now. Like it's opening people's minds up that you can adopt animals and be really, really happy with them instead of going out and getting, you know, a purebred puppy and stuff like that. What a tangent. Well, I was just going to say, this is Heather. And I was just going to say, I am totally feeling this. And at my deep, at my darkest times recently, when things I can't pull myself out and I don't even have the presence of mind to pray for help, I will just pull up kitten videos or like my favorite is like two different, like interspecies love, like the tortoise and the hippo that are best friends, like the giraffe that raised a puppy, that kind of stuff to me, like you were saying is the high, it's just the highest vibe. It's so beautiful. I agree. I we need a sanctuary a channel where you guys just send me these videos so I can see them because I feel like I'm I'm missing out on some good stuff. All right, you. all right. Well, we'll do that. We're gonna have to have <laughs> we're gonna have a repository for that. And I also want to bring up a request too. If Marsha's gonna make that request, I'm gonna make a small example of some slam poetry that I'd like to to do on sanctuary, and I'd really appreciate it if someone else could like it doesn't have to be slam poetry. It doesn't even have to be poetry, but just something that allows you to create flow or express yourself, whatever that means. 
I love this idea. I'm sna- I'm snapping. Good, good. Well, if anybody if anybody comes to the to the table with anything great, if if I'm just doing my own thing, that's fine too. But I just would really appreciate it if someone else had a little, even if it's like a picture collage or something that you made to like a dream board or something like that. Um, you know, Marsha and I put together a little video that was like a dream board video for ourselves for for like a, a literal sanctuary and a physical manifestation on earth. And so that kind of got me into the ideas like, man, on sanctuary, we should really be like showcasing, you know, what people are using to create flow for their for their own personal manifestations or for the collective manifestation. So if anybody wants to bring anything to the table on that, feel free. you have something for us tonight, Tom? <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Okay. And I've talked way too much tonight already. And I'm really glad we were able to, to get on to some of these topics. Uh, we, we were able to get Marsha to, to finish off the themes for us. I just want to thank, thank you for that. Thanks, everybody, for staying on, too. Yeah, I really appreciate it. I know we've gone really long tonight. So, uh, yeah. Um. The uh, the point we made, I guess, too, is that we're kind of getting a sense that this uh, weather stuff is getting way more intense. Marsha brought up the little crazy snowstorms. We actually got 46 degree ice pellets down here in central Oregon uh, at, on, bare, on multiple days, actually. Uh, it's just weird. It's it's un, unprecedented. So uh, within the prayer tonight, when we uh, close down the space with intent, let's just salt and pepper in a couple little uh thing is just so we collectively ask that this gets dealt with by whatever has the power to deal with it so um my prayer has been lately to remove any interference between heaven and earth beautiful yeah that sums up everything pretty nicely um well let's give it one more opportunity does anybody have anything they want to bring up here we don't have to necessarily snap right off here let's give everybody an opportunity here All right. We're looking free and clear. Marsha, do you want to set, uh, should we close the space down? Sounds good. We've been going really long tonight. I just thank you all so much for your participation, for your presence. And uh, for those listening in the replay, thank you so much for your presence as well. We definitely feel you and we are very blessed to be able to meet with everyone in this space. Yeah. Thank you very much, everybody. Uh, We'll go ahead and close it out and we'll see you next week. Thank you all. See you soon.